Welcome back to the Straight Talk podcast brought to you by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana. I'm Rich Loop here today with our healthcare economist, Mike Berto. As we told you last time, this podcast is to share timely information that you can trust on healthcare reform, rising costs, health policy, and quality. Today, we're going to talk some more about costs. So, Mike, why don't you tell our audience why this is such a hot topic? Well, the news right now is full of stories on healthcare reform, on repeal and replace, or whatever is going to come next. And while those are policy issues, at the root of all of that are a lot of other issues. And the one that comes up constantly is the cost of healthcare. Why does healthcare coverage cost what it does? What's my money actually paying for anyway? We keep hearing about healthcare costs going up. So what are the insurance companies, healthcare providers, the government, and the drug companies doing about that? Well, that's way too much to get into one podcast. So we'll cover this in a few, breaking down some of the different things that affect healthcare costs one by one. Okay, so for starters, what are healthcare costs like overall? Well, let's take a look nationally. Now, when we want to compare healthcare spending between countries, we use a measure called the gross domestic product, or you may hear it abbreviated GDP. To keep it simple, you can think of the GDP as the entire value of everything a nation produces in a single year. So, for example, the total value of all the goods and services the U.S. produced last year was almost $19 trillion. Now, that's more value than was created by the next three countries put together. That would be China, Japan, and Germany. Our GDP is bigger than all three of theirs combined. So we are the king of GDP. Now, when we talk about healthcare spending, we lead the world again in terms of the percentage of that wealth we invest purely in healthcare every year. We spend about 17% of that nearly $19 trillion just on healthcare, according to the World Health Organization. The next closest country to us, who had a much smaller GDP, only spent about 12% of it on health care for their citizens. At the same time, the U.S. ranked last among 11 industrialized countries in the 2013 World Health Care Report Card. That was looking at things like quality, how well health care providers coordinated care between each other, and the efficiency of the health care system. So for the most part in the U.S., we pay more for our health care than other countries, and we tend to feel like we get less value for what we spend. Okay, so that's kind of the picture for the entire United States, but what about here in Louisiana? Well, Rich, to be direct, the problem is even more pronounced here. Anyone who's looked at health care rankings will usually see Louisiana at number 48, 49, or 50th for most bad health outcomes. More than half of the adults who live here have one or more chronic conditions, things like diabetes, heart disease, or high blood pressure, and that accounts for more than two-thirds of all health care costs. And care here is expensive. The Institute of Medicine did a study in 2013 that looked at cost variation among Medicare's hospital referral regions. That's a term that refers to how Medicare groups different health care providers together by region. In that study, of the 10 most expensive markets to get health care in the nation, six of them were in Louisiana, and you'll recognize them as representing all of our major metro areas, Monroe, Alexandria, Lafayette, Shreveport, Baton Rouge, and Metairie, in that order. So what's driving up costs? 
Well, there are a lot of things which we'll cover in a few of these podcasts. On the blog, www.straighttalkla.com, I write extensively about how costs have gone up under the Affordable Care Act, which gave everyone the ability to get coverage and the different factors that make that so. But there are market factors as well. Overall, the rising cost of medical treatment and drugs, along with needing to do more about tying pay to performance to get better quality outcomes and to help treat people before they are sick, all of these things are affecting the cost of health care. So that's cost for health care, but what about the cost for health insurance? Those costs have also gone up a lot in recent years. Why is that happening? Well, I'm glad we get to talk about this. Obviously, the ACA is a factor in insurance pricing as well. But one of the most common questions I get from people when I travel is if they know I work for Blue Cross, they'll ask me, what are you doing with all that money? Now, there's a common misperception out there that health insurance companies are making huge profits, and that's not really the case. For example, did you know that federal law requires a health insurance company to spend a certain percentage between 80 and 85 percent of all of the premium dollars they collect directly on medical care for their customers. And if the company doesn't, even if they spend just $1 less on paying claims, the law requires them to send that cash back to their customers. Does Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana meet that requirement? Oh, yes, we do. Blue Cross very purposefully runs a very lean operation, a low overhead company, and does spend the majority of premium dollars that we take in from our customers directly on their medical care. Last year, Blue Cross spent 85% of the $3.24 billion we collected in premiums directly on our customers' health care. Can you break that down a little more? Our customers are probably wondering where all the money they give Blue Cross actually goes. Well, let's take a look at what we did in 2016. Let's break down where every single penny of each premium dollar went. Try to imagine a dollar bill, 100 cents. In 2016, of that 100 cents of each premium dollar, 39 cents was spent on hospital bills. That includes charges for hospital stays, for surgeries, and for the drugs you would get while you're in the hospital. How much was care in a doctor's office? Last year, we spent 25 cents of every dollar on physicians and clinical services. So that paid for every time people saw a doctor or a specialist had an outpatient procedure, or for all the tests and labs that those doctors ordered. And what about prescription drugs? Drug costs, as you've probably heard in the news, are increasing very rapidly and are a big driver of overall healthcare costs, including a lot of your premium increases, and they provide affordability challenges as well. In 2016, Blue Cross spent 21 cents of each premium dollar we took in on drugs, that's about a fifth of every premium dollar, and that number has been getting bigger each year. But we are fighting to change that. Starting last year, we began using a tighter covered drug list to help combat waste. This is another topic we cover a lot on Straight Talk. You can check out our blogs on drug company magic. Okay, so let's go back to the premium dollar for just a second. You said in 2016, 39 cents of each dollar went to hospital care. 25 cents went to physician and clinical services, and another 21 cents went to prescription drugs. That's correct. All right, so that's 85 cents total. What about the other 15 cents of each dollar? That last 15 cents was spent on overhead, which encompasses several different things. 
About four cents of the 15 went to paying taxes and government fees required under the Affordable Care Act. You can think of most of that money as being recycled to pay for things like the Medicaid expansion in Louisiana or the subsidies on healthcare.gov, essentially funding health care for low-income folks. Less than seven cents of that dollar went to pay for all of our workforce expenses and operating costs. Think about all the functions a health insurance company has to do, like paying claims, keeping customer service going, paying salaries, and all of our other operating costs. We covered all of that in 2016 in less than 7% of the premium dollars you paid in. Around 90% of our customers get their insurance through their employer, and it costs about $0.04 of each premium dollar to pay commissions to the brokers, agents, and consultants who help our customers and the groups get insurance plans with us. And lastly, in 2016, we had a little bit left over, about six-tenths of one penny, and we used that to start to replenish our reserves. So what do you mean by reserves? Well, for a health insurance company like Blue Cross, a not-for-profit plan, reserves are our rainy day fund. And this is another thing we get a lot of questions about here at Blue Cross and Blue Shield. People ask us, rightfully so, if we really need to keep that money on standby or if we should kick it in to help lower premiums. I can really understand why people feel this way, but the truth is our customers need us to keep a strong safety net to make sure your healthcare needs are covered in times of crisis. As a member-owned insurance company who's not-for-profit, we don't have a lot of options when things go wrong. We can't issue stock. We can't have a public offering to raise money from the marketplace. We can't borrow without lots of collateral. We can't keep regulators satisfied without making them confident we can pay our healthcare bills into the future. When we lose money, like we did in 2015, they get very nervous and start checking up on us a lot. So we create a savings account and try to put a little money into it each year. Just like your family, we need a rainy day fund to make sure we can take care of folks when things go wrong. Has Blue Cross ever had to use reserves in an emergency? Yes, and that's why we know it's so important. Back in 2005, Hurricanes Katrina and Rita were the ultimate rainy day. Right after the storm, our leadership decided to stop canceling coverage if people couldn't pay their premiums, which is standard business practice. This was done for people who lived in areas that flooded, no matter where they relocated to. So that decision meant tens of thousands of our fellow Louisianians couldn't pay their premiums. But we still kept paying for their health care, making sure they got their scripts filled and their medical bills paid. We did this for at least six months. We even were able to hand deliver checks to hospitals and doctors in the affected areas where the banking system had been destroyed and they couldn't submit claims for payment through the usual electronic process. We wanted to make sure they had the money they needed to keep the doors open and keep them seeing patients. But do the reserves do anything to help keep premium costs down since this was money that went to pay for health insurance in the first place? Absolutely. The rainy day fund is invested and the return on that investment adds to revenue to keep premiums and expenses under control. We use the returns on that investment to keep costs down. Now, before the health care reform law took effect in 2014, we had decades of strong growth and very tight expense control that led to the reserves growing strong enough to support the size of our operations, even when the individual market became very unstable. That's a topic we've covered before on Straight Talk a lot. 
Now here's the straight talk part to remember. Today there's a little over a billion dollars in our reserve fund. Sounds like a lot of money, right? But really, a billion is just a fraction of what it takes to pay our bills each year. And of course, the price of healthcare never goes down. It gets more expensive faster, in fact, than the rate of inflation. In 2015, our customers used more than 2.73 billion in direct healthcare costs, plus another 408 million in taxes, fees, and operational expenses, for a total of 3.14 billion in total, three times what we had in our rainy day fund. If you do the math, you can see that in the event of a severe disaster with no money coming in or a market disruption, the current reserve fund could only keep our operations running for about three months. Luckily, because of prudent investment and careful planning over the last few decades, our members are the owners of a Louisiana strong company that can weather a crisis while still paying for health care. In fact, we're proud of the money we've saved up and we're able to convert into health care when it was needed the most without interrupting anyone's coverage. Your money and your faith in us make that possible. So thank you. There you have it. That is the straight answer on how we spend your premium dollars. That's right. The important thing to remember here is the single biggest factor affecting how much your premiums cost is how much medical care costs. In our next podcast, we'll take a deeper dive on that aspect and look at how the different ways people access care can affect what we pay for insurance coverage. All right. Thanks, Mike. That's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Talk podcast. Keep in mind that outside of the podcast, our written version of Straight Talk, which is updated regularly, is online at www.straighttalkla.com. You can go there to see more from Mike. And you can also follow Mike on Twitter at Mike Berto. That's B-E-R-T-A-U-T or on LinkedIn at Mike Berto. We thank you for your time and we will talk to you again soon right here at Straight Talk.